Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Sure, listen, the podcast taking a pop at culture. Sherlock, sure, listen. 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 Oh, very exciting, Ben. It must be Halloween because we've got a whole episode full of spooky ghosts and freaky mutants. But your look, Benjamin... I didn't turn my phone on, Sly. <laughs> but your look, Benjamin... But your look doesn't matter. That was just a spooky ghost for this Halloween special. We don't have time to talk about any of that non-being organised stuff because we have to look at, Benjamin, we have to look at the new trailer for Shudder's latest project, Glorious, a.k.a. What's J.K. Simmons up to? Then, speaking of spooky, we're going to have a look at the Haunted Mansion. Disney's The Haunted Mansion. Another one of Disney's famous massive successes based on theme park rides. The one thing you can say about Disney, Ben, is they love a lesson. Also, (laughs) speaking of Disney, we have a new trailer for Peter Pan and Wendy. Or as I call it, Ant Pan and the Wasp. And... The last thing that dropped just before we started recording, Benjamin, was a new trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. But that's not all. Because you've seen The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1, and I, Mr. Michael Leonard, have seen Knock at the Cabin, which came out months ago. But now I've seen it. Sure, Michael, if that wasn't it. Sure, oh, Michael, I've, I've, I've fucked with conceit. <laughs> I don't think I ever have a great day, Ben, on this intro. Let's just roll it. Let's just roll with the punches. <laughs> we're like a young Muhammad Ali, Ben. We're just going to roll with the punches, Michael. We're all we. <laughs> that didn't work out very well for him, Michael. No, um, no. Historically, historically not great. Turns out rolling with the punches not the move. No, avoid the move. Avoid, avoid the them. Duck them. Dodge them. Just, just don't take them on the chin constantly. No, no, no. Yeah, anyway, right. ladies and gentlemen, sure, listen, if that wasn't enough, we're also going to be taking a look at March Madness, how the Victorian era literature, penny dreadful, dreaded yellow covered books shaped even modern perceptions of madness, Michael, and mental health. Oh, is that what we're doing? How spooky. How's, how spookily wookily. What a terrifying spooky Christmas Halloween episode Benjamin you you put up a new trailer for me this week for the film Glorious starring a real mixed a real grab bag of our favourite actors my favourite actor from the movie Drum That Faster Boy it's J.K. Simmons and your favourite actor from the TV show What's Going On With Suki Ryan Quanton (laughs) it's called uh, (laughs) Fen. Not fake hemoglobin, Michael, is the classic show that came from. And in this particular case, Michael, yeah, it's Brian Quantan. He's back. He's not a panther this time, though, Michael. He's a down-in-his-look schlubby boy. He shouldn't have been a panther. That was stupid. Benjamin, <laughs> this is... I tell you what, I'm I'm starting to love Shudder. Shudder is very exciting, isn't it? Shudder makes some mad shit, Michael. Mad Benjamin, shit. tell the listeners what Shudder is for people who aren't au fait. For those that aren't au fait and Shudder, if you're listening, oh, get ready. Strap yourselves in for one heck of a non-sponsored plug, right? <laughs> Shudder is a, a, a streaming service for horror, Michael, exclusively for horror. Shudder has spent the last half a decade, Michael, crawling its way through the horror archives and saving obscure, strange slashers 
odd kind of European horror experimental films. It's gone, it's remastered them, it's polished them up a little bit, and it's made them available, Michael, easily on their streaming service. Not only that, Michael. Go on, what else? Not only that. But it's bypassed the big old studio boys, and it's gone into producing some of its own original content. Like Benjamin, um, Shudder was responsible for the weirdest movie I've seen in a very long time, barely even a movie, Skin and Rink. Skin and Rink, Michael, we've said it here before on the podcast, but Shudder is a real, fuck it, make it, see what happens. Maybe it'll be scary, maybe it won't. So Benjamin, Shudder have made a horror film about Ryan Qu- your favourite actor, Ryan Quanton, and he's stuck in some sort of hellish jacksy with... <laughs> With some graffiti depiction of some ancient betentacled god. And to cut a long story short, Benjamin, he's going to have to fuck it. He's going to have to fuck the physical embodiment of an eldritch horror. Yes. Very spooky and terrifying, Benjamin. You cannot watch this trailer and not be immediately struck by how Lovecraftian this is. It's very Lovecraftian, Michael. But, Michael, here's the thing, right? It's a, it's, it's Lovecraftian absurdism refined to a needle point. Because I, was, I was nearly going to say it's Lovecraftian horror um, subverted in a way. Go on. Because, you know, H.P. Lovecraft was probably afraid of sex. Oh yeah, he wasn't having any sex, Michael. He wasn't touching those. The big tentacle boys are how he actually viewed sex, Michael. He was exactly. Just like, it's all tentacles exactly. and orifices. And this seems to be like that taken to its absurdist extreme. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of that in that the, the eldritch horror here wants to get his rocks off, Michael. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe it's not all about that, Benjamin. I, we don't even know if it's real, Michael. Ryan Quanton could just be having a mental breakdown. He could be. The actor Ryan Quanton is just having a mental breakdown. <laughs> Michael, I think that's highly unlikely given that it's Shudder, the internet's premier (laughs) streaming service for horror. But J.K. Simmons has lent his voice to this horny, horny eldritch boy. Mm. And uh, there's so much gravitas to that voice, Michael. No better voice for it, Benjamin. Ben, the, the interstitial, I think it's called, the interstitial titles in it with their mysterious purpley pinky fog, very colour out of space, very Nicolas Cage. No good, Michael. Colour out of space can go get fucked. What a film. What a what a harrowing, scarring film. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I'm excited by this. I'm excited by Ron Quanton being stuck in that jacksy. Michael, I watched it and I went, this looks fucking great. <laughs> this this very exciting altogether. This looks like a romp I am in. I think it's it's possibly going to deliver that bloody knife edge, Michael, of make myself laugh myself silly and then occasionally snap me back out of it with a very unnerving sequence to the point where I'll go, do I like this? Do I not like this? How do I feel mm. about this? Mm. It's very drippy. There's a lot of squelching. Mm. Maybe mm. too much squelching for my sensibilities, H.P. Lovecraft would have said. Yes, and H.P. Lovecraft probably would have hated this. He would have said, no, eldritch beings don't have physical needs. Mm. And also, no foreigners or women. Please. Please. If at all possible. Please. Ryan Quanton has fulfilled that in so much as he is a white male. Yes, H.P. Lovecraft would have been absolutely delighted. Although he is an Australian, which H.P. Lovecraft presumably didn't trust. Probably would have written something about a big dirty list of convicts getting eaten by an eldritch horror on a penal colony. 
for example, Benjamin, he wasn't a great egg, H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, that was, this looks great. This looks great. I'm really excited about this. I, I'm really happy. I can't wait to see it. I was glad when you put this on the Notion, because we use Notion to organise stuff. I was so excited when you put this up on Notion. I went, what is this? I have no interest in it. It looks low budget. Oh, hold on. It's Ryan Quanton, Ben's favourite actor, Ryan Quanton, and my favourite actor, J.K. Simmons. And it's just a two-hander, Ben. And it's, it looks looks good. That's exactly what the entity wants, Michael. A good old-fashioned two-hander. Good old two-hander. Benjamin, speaking of the horrifying entities, Disney is releasing a new show, movie. Is it a movie or a show? I think it's a movie um, called The Haunted Mansion. Another show based on their flawless track record of turning theme park rides into hit movies. It's never gone wrong for them, Michael. Not Never once. gone wrong. <laughs> Ever since they started it accidentally with Pirates of the Caribbean, which I don't know anymore if that's how I actually say that word or is it part of a bit, but... Ever since they launched the franchise with that, Ben, there's never been a bad or boring movie based on a Disney theme park ride. Hasn't happened yet, Michael. <laughs> and this is not going to be any different. It looks so exciting. Going to be a real humdinger. Do you know what always screams good plot and character development to me? Go on. When you hunt down every single celebrity that owes you a favour and say, get in that fucking movie. Put him in there. Get Danny <laughs> DeVito. <laughs> Danny DeVito, own Wilson. Yeah. Get them all in there. Lakeith Stanfield is there. Lakeith Stanfield, who Michael was doing very well, so I don't really understand. I don't know who that is, Ben. Who is that? Lakeith Stanfield is uh, the the dreadlock gentleman that we see in the trailer, Michael. Yes. What's he been in? Uh, What's he been oh, he's to? been in the the hit FX series Atlanta, Michael. Oh, was he in Atlanta? He's in Atlanta, the hit FX series Atlanta. He's very big in that. And oh, my, my pop culture knowledge is failing me here, Michael, but I'll have it for you now. Hang on. It's OK. You don't do a weekly pop culture podcast. I tell you what, Ben, in the trailer, I thought this was set in the olden days until he appeared. No, it's, it's very modern, Michael. Um, for some reason, the, the, two, the two main characters that were introduced at the beginning, the young man and Rosario Dawson, um, they, <laughs> they hope- are dressed like old timey people. Benjamin, I hope that that is their character names on IMDb. The Young Man and Rosario Dawson. <laughs> the Young Man and Rosario Dawson. It It's tonally not very exciting, though, is it? It looks like every other haunted house thing for the last 10 years. I, there's a cynic in me, Michael, right? Oh, yeah. And he's, he's baying to Ryan get Quanton. out. He's baying to get out. Go on. And, Michael, this seems to me like a Disney version of a Key and Peele, or a Jordan Peele movie. Go on. And I say like that more. because they're really leaning... Oh, Jesus, Michael. Um, they're really leaning on um, the the black perspective on this. There's hints, Michael, little bits and pieces there of a kind of a, a classic Jordan Peele camera kind of snap and a close-up. And there's, there's lots of Jordan Peele-y stuff going on here. And I, I can't help but feel... The cynic in me is saying, Disney's gone, let's make a Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele won't actually work with us. Let's let's make a Jordan Peele about a black family moving into a haunted mansion and not taking any of it. Not taking any of it, Michael. Benjamin, I, I saw that film last week. It was called We Have a Ghost. Go on. <laughs> That's the plot of We Have a Ghost. 
Is this a classic movie studio espionage thing where they are both stealing off each other so much so? Where they're making the same show. It's about uh, it's about a modern black family who move into a creepy old house and they aren't spooked by the same sort of things that white people are going to be spooked by. Hell no. They're getting out of there, <laughs> Exactly, Michael. exactly. As, as Anthony Mackie himself would say, Ben, cut the check. Um, but... I only made it I only made it about an hour into We Have a Ghost because it was so boring and no one was very likable. Oh no, Michael, nobody was likable. That's terrible news. <laughs> I couldn't tell who we were supposed to be liking. I think Anthony Mackie's character, the dad, was supposed to be a dick. But Anthony Mackie is quite charismatic, so he, did, he didn't really seem like that much of a dick. And then the kid, who was the kind of lead, who would be great in a Michael Jackson biopic if he hasn't been in one already. But he... <laughs> He plays it as depressed and whiny, and I I don't know if we're supposed to like him and relate to the, and think the dad is a dick, but they just were both dicks. I I don't I don't know what's going on with Hollywood anymore, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. the 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 unlikable wave of people is always interesting to me, where I'm just like. I think you think your American characters are quippy and and smart alecky, but they're just annoying. <laughs> mm, yeah, and um, and that's what that's the vibe I got from this very much. So I mean, this look, this might as well have been called "We Have a Ghost Too." That that phenomenon, Michael, you know, of that snarky. Oh, we're so quippy, we're so intelligent, but they're actually just snarky. Is such a thing in in American television I, I'm thinking specifically of Modern Family oh you're blaming Modern Family I'm not I'm not blaming Modern Family I'm thinking of Modern Family when you watch Modern Family the TV series those characters are supposed to be at their core good people they're not they're remarkably grating awful people that make horribly selfish decisions frequently and your contention is that's what we're going to be watching in Haunted Mansion maybe <laughs> Okay. Maybe. I mean, all evidence points that way. It looks, it just looks like every other mid-budget attempt at a franchise starting blockbuster from the last 10 years. Very uninspiring. Speaking of things that seem remarkably mid-budget. Remarkably mid-budget, Ben. It's Ant-Pan and the Wasp. Um, It's Peter Pan and Wendy. Yeah. And... Never in never Benjamin in all of the years. Now this is just a flat out lie, by the way. But this is called hyperbole or hyperbole if you're literally minded. And um, never if you're in part all of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Danny Devito, Benjamin. I'm quite proud of that one. Never in seven years of podcasting have we seen a trailer that so set out its politics. This was a trailer for this film's political opinions, not this film. Go on. Well, first of all, it's not Peter Pan, is it? Because it can't be. It's Peter Pan and Wendy. Yes, well, we've changed that. Yeah, so that, there's that. Like, it's almost like the people who came up with it haven't seen the original. Wendy is the main character of the story, Peter Pan. She like is. Peter, it's Wendy's story. Peter Pan is a, a fae being that she comes across. So it's always been Peter Pan and Wendy. It would be like calling, it's like calling any other film by the, by the protagonist's name because their name isn't in the title of the film. Yeah. Do, do you know what I'm saying? It would be I like, it would be like Die Hard and John McClane. There's no need. 
There's no need. We know. Like, Wendy's name doesn't have to be in the title to make it her story. Yeah. uh. So, I mean, that's instant. And then obviously the big thing was, we're the lost boys. But you're not all boys. So? So? Oh, Christ. I mean, the whole point of the lost boys was that they were all boys. And, like... The, the idea of the Lost Boys was they were boys who would refuse to grow up. Yeah. And Wendy comes along and Wendy's a girl and she teaches them to grow up. Yeah. But this is like, hmm, Wendy's not going to be a girl. Though. Wendy's an ass-kicking kung fu, swashbuckling. I mean, yeah, it just, this feels very modern in all of the worst ways. Yeah, Right down to the colour grade, Michael. I, I was looking at the, the colour grade on this and um, it looks so dull. Mm. It's, it's one of those real washed out like colour grades. And I was like, if ever there was an opportunity for you to bring heaping amounts of bright, vibrant colours to a world, it might be Peter Pan. Maybe. Or maybe not, though. I, I don't know. Was that Kenneth Branagh, Michael, without a hand? Oh, was it? Was Penneth Bernard playing Hook? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. I don't even remember, Benjamin. He was such a minor part of it. I don't remember. Probably. Let's assume probably. Nothing is ever going to, you know, nothing is ever going to top Jason Isaacs, Michael, as Hook in the bizarre Australian production of Pan. (laughs) That was very good. That's a bold statement, first of all. I stand by it. It was phenomenal. (laughs) That or Dustin Hoffman in Hook. No, that was a hook. Is not a good film, Ben. That's hook is a phenomenal thing. film, Michael. Bangarang, bangarang for life. Rufio, Rufio, <laughs> Rufio. How dare you? Yeah, Rufio and the Lost Boys, Benjamin. Rufio <laughs> made us all want to have red streaks in our hair. He did, but it's still no use as a film. But oh god, yeah, this looks, looks dreadful. I mean, I don't like being this negative on the podcast, but this looks just appalling. We, we, Michael, here's the thing, right? Go on. I have found myself in a personal dilemma every every Monday before we record this podcast. I will watch things for this podcast and I will come away from those things feeling not great about the things that I've watched. And then I will say to myself, I know we need to keep it positive for the podcast because we don't want to be whiny fuckheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our other podcast, Whitey Fuckheads. Where we are just Tuesdays. toxic beyond belief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Michael, come here to me. I, t- I don't know if it's me just turning into a grumpy old man. <laughs> and Go I on, think yeah. it might be. I think yeah, it might bit, be that. Yeah, probably a bit. Probably a bit. Or is it that things are just getting a little less effort put into them? Now, funny that you say that. Go on. Because the next trailer on our list I thought was... Fantastic looking. Fucking phenomenal, Michael. It's <laughs> just absolutely great stuff, Benjamin. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. Great. Looks great. So good. Michael, into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Or, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what it was called. That was what it was called. Yeah. Has utterly changed the animation game. Utterly changed it, Benjamin, slightly. But utterly changed it completely, Michael. Um, we've moved away from the the Disneyfication of everything to bizarrely kinetic character designs and energy and interesting new soundtracks and funny stories with a bit of extra humour thrown in there. Oh, Michael, it's phenomenal. This this looks 
joyous. I think they might have finally cracked the thing they've been missing from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies all these years, which is that they're for kids. A bit of crack. They're Put for a bit kids. of crack in them. I tell you what, Ben, I'm going to soft disagree with you what you said oh, earlier because I don't think we have moved away. This is one example, and hopefully. This is a leading example and we're going to see all sorts of cool animation coming out. But nine out of ten movies that are coming out are still that Pixar claymation looking soft face nonsense. Michael, we did get Puss in Boots uh, the last week. Great film, Ben. Fucking phenomenal, Michael. One of the best films, full stop, I have ever seen. Yeah, weird. I've I've uh, I've just paid for it on Google Play. I'm going to watch it after the podcast. I've heard Michael, so many go good things watch about it. it. We'll do a podcast special during the week. We'll do a short <laughs> episode discussing Puss and Boots: The Last Wish because okay. Jesus Christ, Michael, I was so close to texting you after watching Puss and Boots: The Last Wish to be like, we're turning it into a Puss and Boots: Last Wish fan cast, where we are going good. to watch it 52 times once a week for a year. Okay. We're going to deconstruct it. But All right, we well, let's do that then. Okay. Well, you know I don't like you texting me anyway. Ben, but this looks fantastic. I love that they've gone for an art style. I love that this has an art style, oh, first v- of all. Very distinct. Very distinctive art style. Very weird looking turtles, but great. What I really like, though, is that they've got teenagers playing the turtles. That is a genius move. Fucking great stuff. Not cynical not Paul Rudd they haven't got Paul Rudd being Leonardo they haven't got middle-aged men doing teenage voices they've got they've put the teenage into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I'm all for it Michael I like that energy great stuff altogether an all-star cast at the same time Michael it's huge Um, other than the four leads bloody uh, Jackie Chan is Master Splinter yeah um, that's an interesting choice in itself, Michael. Mm, racially loaded, but anyway, look, we won't get into that. Um, um, they've got John Chenna. John Chenna, who you can't yeah. see. You can't even see him because it's animated. They've got uh, Seth Rogen, obviously. They've got Paul Rudd, thankfully not playing one of the turtles. Who's he playing? It looks like they've got the whole cast of baddies in there, Ben. They've got Bebop and Rocksteady and yeah. uh, Baxter. Baxter. And, yeah, yeah, they've got a whole gang of them, so... Looks like we're going to have a celebrity bonanza, but four relative unknown actual teenagers playing the Turtles. Great news. Fantastic. Benjamin, they're going to upset some people by uh, diversifying up April O'Neil. Who gives a fuck, Michael? Like, honestly, at this point, diversity's in, diversity's hot. Let's get them in there. Everyone else can just go on, off with you. There is no need, there is no need for April O'Neil to be a boring white woman. <laughs> oh, Ben, I wasn't saying anything about her being white. I was saying about her not being sexy. Oh, okay. Well, that's even better. <laughs> April O'Neil should be sexy, Benjamin. That <laughs> no, is the most... The most important thing about April O'Neil is that she's inappropriately sexy. I don't think that's true. Well, I don't think that's true. She wore a full yellow jumpsuit that was always done up to the top. fashion sense. <laughs> they didn't altogether. even do an exploitative zip down. Great fashion sense altogether. Great fashion sense altogether, Michael. Great fashion sense altogether. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I like the Beastie Boys in the background. Sold immediately. Beep, beep up on Rocksteady, yep. It seems like this will have a good old-fashioned New York vibe to it. I believe, I believe, as they say, Michael, the the city itself will be a character. 
Oh, very clever. They do say that quite often. Yeah, that's it's, it's a very common thing that we yeah. say about things. Even almost. down to the logo for this, Michael. This is a real love letter to the original kind of radical out there cowabunga dudes. Like, it's, yes, it's great. Brilliant. We don't want edgy turtles. We don't want any more edgy turtles. We don't want any more cynical adult turtles. We don't want Michael Bay. Get out of Just, here, Michael Bay. Get out. Yeah. Go. Although at least, at least in that film, Ben, April O'Neil was sexy. And as we know, and as we've all agreed, we've all agreed two things on this week's episode, Benjamin. No, Ryan Quanton is the greatest living actor. Yes. And April O'Neil should be sexy. And J.K. Simmons should voice all horny elder gods from now on. <laughs> Very good, Benjamin. Yes. Speaking of, uh, speaking of ubiquity, Ben. Go on. Petro Pascal is back. He's on our screens nonstop. Michael, this week I watched Pedro Pascal as he begrudgingly took uh, a young ward on a journey through a perilous scape um, and was beset upon by various things, the worst of which being humanoids. Oh, was it We Could Be Heroes, the Disney Channel show from last year? Yeah, it was. It was that. I watched that. Um, I, was <laughs> so suppo- I was supposed to watch The Mandalorian <laughs> Season 3, Episode 1, but I watched whatever that thing yeah, was. Yeah, We Could Be Heroes. It's no use. It's absolutely dreadful. That muck. I've never heard of it, Michael, so that, that tells you how much. Michael, Mando is back. Mando is back, oh, baby. Mando sounds like a food. Uh, yes, it's it's a Mandalorian. It's a fruit that you can buy in Phuket in Thailand. Um, oh. And it smells really, really bad, but tastes delicious, Michael. Oh, that's a durian, I believe. You're right. Oh, right. Sorry, I got that mixed up. A Mandalorian is a very hard fruit, Michael, that tastes a little bit like a lychee. Oh, yeah, so, but you have to wait for it to ripen under the ground. So you have to dig a hole and you have to put it in a paper bag and you have to put it under the ground and then there you go. I think that's a Jorian again. Oh, okay. Um, I watched a TV show, Michael. <laughs> go on, tell me about it. I'd love um, to hear about it. So uh, the Mando season three, Michael. Um, go on, go on. What, what to say about this, Michael? I don't know. Are you going to be negative or positive? Are you going to be I'm torn and glorious or are you going to be... I'm Light torn, of, Michael. Of the Haunted Museum, or what are you going to be? I think, Michael, we should try and be positive about this. Okay, well, I haven't seen it, so I have no take. But I think to do this, Michael, we have to look at what Disney has decided to do to The Mandalorian. Wasn't Andor very good? Andor was very good, and hmm. Disney seems to have decided that The Mandalorian should not be that. Oh, very good. Should not be very good. Okay. No, 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 no. Should not be Andor. Andor is the first glimpse that we ever got at a Star Wars universe that is actually fucked. Um, okay. It's it's not a good place. It's pretty dark, Michael. Um, Go on. And I was all for that. I was like, yes, that's very good. Yeah, you love a dark universe, Benjamin. I love you a dark wanna... universe, Michael. I miss Tom Cruise's The Mummy. I want more of that. Yeah, um, you were hoping for, uh, what's his name, to be The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man. Uh, Johnny Depp. It'll probably be John Cena, Michael. Um, but come here to me. What come here it? to me. What, what we get in this is very much a set-up episode. There's, there's nothing to write home about in this episode. Um, All right, let's move on then. No, well, we, we still have to do it, Michael, because we do a weekly okay. pop culture podcast. Weekly but pop culture podcast. What we open on, Michael, is, is a, Mandalorian, uh, sorry, a Mandalorian helmeting ceremony. Oh, which isn't as dirty as it sounds. It's not sounds great. Ryan Quanton and J.K. Simmons in a bathroom. Um, what it is? Come over here and let me give you a Mandalorian helmeting. <laughs> what it actually is? Ben, say that in J.K. Simmons' voice. 
<laughs> a Mandalorian helmeting. <laughs> Give me pictures of Spider-Man. Get me pictures of a Mandalorian helmeting. Um, so come here to me, Michael. What it actually is is it's a young foundling being being taking the oath of never removing his helmet. Oh. And what happens is the ceremony is we get to see the armorer, Michael. The armorer is back. Um, oh, the lady with the hammer. Yeah, I remember yeah. her. We get to see a big, bulky Mandalorian with a Gatling gun. He's back. Oh, I remember him and his backpack. Yeah, he's never gotten a name. But what happens is, Michael, in the middle of this ceremony, it's attacked by a giant alligator Star Wars beast. Right? Oh, a classic. Straight out of the swamp. Um, no, straight out of a, a coastline, Michael. They're at a lovely beach. Oh, um, it's nice. It's very beach wedding circa 2001. It's very nice. <laughs> um, but then... The alligator thing comes along, and it's huge, Michael. It's it's fucking massive. Um, right. What's it doing? And what happens is it attacks. It just tries to destroy the ceremony. And I thought, Michael, initially when I was watching this, I was like, oh, it must be an enemy of the Mandalorians having unleashed a beast. No. No. It's just a random attack because they didn't scout the area well enough. And then this giant beast came to eat a few of them. And, Michael, they're having a terrible time. No wonder they're nearly extinct. <laughs> no wonder. They fight this thing and they're fucking useless, Michael. Oh, no. And what happens is the Mandalorian comes in on the on the the fancy new yoke that he ship, has, the, ship, the yeah. speeder. I don't know what it is. It's a magic ship. Yeah. And he blasts it. And he lands. Oh, good idea. And then he's reminded, Michael. So it, all it does is serve to show is this Mandalorian is the best Mandalorian. And I'm mm. all for that. I'm all for that. But then he comes into the 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 armor and he says, "I'd like to not be a an exile anymore." And she's like, "You can't do it. Mandalore's fucked. You can't go there. You can't bathe in the waters underneath the mines and remove your your sin. You can't do mm. it." Um, and it just doesn't work, right? And what does he say? I'm going to do it anyway. And he says, oh, "Well, I'll find it, and then I'll clear my name." And uh, Michael, that's what it sets up. So to do this, he does a classic Mandalorian. Go on. And he goes around, he sees all his pals, and he starts recruiting them again. Oh, he loves doing that. <laughs> Mandalorian, you son of a bitch, I'm in. So, Michael, do you remember I-77, the robot that looked after thing, that was destroyed completely because he has a huge sacrifice, and it's actually a very touching moment where the Mandalorian learns to trust robots again, and there's a real bond there, and we really feel for that robot as he self-destructs to protect the baby. Was that Taika Waititi? Yeah, it was, yeah. Okay, yeah. I do He's remember. coming back, Michael. He's coming back. Um, so it turns out all that's wrong, all that's stopping them from rebooting this robot is a broken memory circuit. So oh, the Mandalorian's going to find one of those. But the problem yeah. is, Michael, they're hard to find. Oh, he's gone off on a quest. He's gone off on a quest. Um, and Michael, wouldn't you know it, when he's visiting his old friend, Carl Weathers. Oh, yeah, the character Carl Weathers, yeah. Carl Weathers has turned... Uh, Carl Weathers has turned the original port of Scum and Villainy into a lovely little Mediterranean town, not unlike Lagos in Portugal. Oh, sounds lovely, sounds <laughs> yeah. beautiful. But Michael, there's a problem. Oh no. Because it used to be a hive of scum and villainy, a lot of scum and villains are still dropping by. Oh yeah, and they're like, this isn't as good as it used to be. This isn't as good as it used to be, Michael. And Michael, what we're talked to then, we're, we're introduced to the notion of a pirate king in space, Michael. Oh, that sounds great. Mm, mm. And then it turns out that it's a Jim Henson Muppets reject. Because what we sounds get... even better. You're getting what me on we... board now, Ben. You're really dragging me in here. What we get, Michael, is a bizarre 
is a bizarre, highly kind of moulded and decorated <laughs> fucking Muppet. That sounds great. <laughs> so anyway, Michael, he's crossed the Pirate King. He's off to find a memory strip. There's weird big beasts in the hyperwarp for some reason. But Michael, all of this should be terrible. But it's not. Because Sounds what, fabulous. What they've done, Michael, is they've gone for a very fan, family-friendly um, Mandalorian episode. Oh. Um, Bo-Katan is there. They have words. Bo-Katan now spends her time sitting around uh, in a big palace on one of the of, on one of the planets within the Mandalorian rim, is what it's called. Um, okay. And Michael, it's just Ireland. It's oh, good. just Ireland. He just sets down off like if they had panned the camera to the left, Michael, and the pub from Banshees of Inish Aaron had been there, I would have been like, "Yep, yeah, yeah, that's that's that not unexpected." <laughs> um, but Michael, it's fine. It works. It's it's a bit dull. Okay, but it's, it's a bit up. dull, but it's good. It it gives you the Mandalorian moments that you want. Baby Grogues is there. He's hanging out with Din Djarin. They're chilling together, having a good time. Carl Weathers is still Mando, my friend. How the hell are you? And it's it's you know it's good. It's it's all there. But I think that might also be the problem is that we've seen it all a lot. <laughs> mm. I don't know how much more questing in space I can take. But he'll have to go on another quest later to get another team up. Yeah, and I, I, I so Carl Weathers' character gives him, uh, gives him uh, an offer. He wants him to be the the sheriff of the sector. Oh, the sheriff of the whole sector, the whole damn sector, Michael. He wants him. Oh, he wow. wants him to be there and to police the thing. And we find out that Cara Dune, Michael, she was she was recruited directly back into special forces. We couldn't keep her; she was too good. And I was oh. like, No, that's not what happened. Get the fuck out of here. I think she was anti-vax as well, though. I think that's also <laughs> that's what not what happened, Carl Weathers. Um, but anyway, that's that's what we got. It's not bad. I think fans of the Mandalorian are going to be there. But he's lost his real sort of sense of cool. Um, I I found myself kind of longingly remembering the the opening scenes of episode one, season one, where he comes into a bar and he bounty hunts his way through the bar. And then, you know, he takes out an entire cadre of stormtroopers. There's a lot more practical effects. They've really let go of the practical effects, Michael. We got a lot of CGI animals and stuff this time. So, you know, it was interesting to see... So there is, see, we're in a season three kind of, this is fine, we know what we're doing, roll the hits, and that's mm. okay. That's got a quest. It could get a lot better. I don't know, Michael. I don't know, because I haven't seen it. We'll find out soon. We'll Benjamin, find out you know soon. what I have seen? Go on. Better late than never in many ways. That's what they've always said about me. Better late than never, Colopy. That's what they call you. Benjamin, I forgot this whole time. I've got this little action figure here of J.K. Simmons. Just there he is. Him. Look at him, the big eldritch horror. Look at him. He's just going, get me pictures of Spider-Man. Benjamin, better late than never, I have finally seen 2022's Knock at the Cabin by one M. Night Shyamalan. It's 2023, Michael. Was it? Yeah, it was this year. Did it come, was it, did it come out this year? <laughs> i tell you what, Benjamin. You tell me from the trailer what Knock at the Cabin is about, please. Um, Do you remember? Yeah, there's an apocalypse. Okay. There doesn't have to be an apocalypse. Go on. We could maybe not have an apocalypse if we do what Dave Bautista says. Yeah. But what Dave Bautista says isn't great. 
Because you have to do a bad thing. Because you have to murder your families. Yeah. Yeah. That is. I get it right. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's the film. That's the film. All right. That's the film. That's that's it. Cool. So Victorian era. Uh, no. <laughs> no, that's it, Ben. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's mental. That's imagine that, but for like an hour and twenty minutes. All right, you're done. And that's it then. That's that was it, very it's easy over. to imagine, Michael. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one set, one location. Yeah. Um, six, seven people in it. Hmm. And and that's it. Hmm. And uh, yeah, that's it. That, that sounds okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. If if you think that you would like that concept, go for it. Go for it. Dave Batista any good? He's pretty good. Yeah. He's, I like uh, Dave. Yeah, he seems nice enough and, you know, he's, yeah, he does some good acting. Do you think David would be on the podcast? Yeah, probably. I think he might be a bit bitter these days, though. Why? I don't know. I think he, this, I don't think he likes Guardians of the Galaxy anymore. I think he's worried about being typecast. Well, he's kind of avoided that deftly now. It would probably help Michael if he didn't start, if he didn't keep working out to turn himself into a human boulder. He's massive, Ben. The he's best. Huge, Michael. <laughs> Probably the only funny and unexpected bit was Ron Weasley being in it and playing Paul Giamatti. It's Why one is of Ron his Weasley in it? Ron Weasley's one of the people who knocks at the cabin. Get out of town! Yeah, Ronald Weasley oh, is telling Ronald people we- to murder their families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in he's just doing a big Paul Giamatti. It's one of the most accurate Paul Giamatti impressions I've ever seen in my life. Is that because Paul Giamatti would never go near another M. Night Shyamalan picture as long as he lived? I wouldn't necessarily say that, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible bit. Of, like, it's not bad. It's not great. It's exactly what the trailer promises you. That's not and bad in this day and age, Michael. I suppose so. And I mean, maybe there's maybe M. Night Shyamalan's a bit twist shy these days as well. I'd say, oh, he's pulled the trigger too many times, Michael. Exactly. So this is utterly twistless. Um, and, I mean, it even establishes a couple of mysteries and doesn't bother answering them. Hmm. To the point where you could consider them plot holes or you, consider, you could consider them, oh, is this some sort of cosmic twist of fate? But hmm. I wasn't left caring to find out, to be honest. It was just like, yeah, that was fine. It's over now. That's so, okay. So what is it, Michael? Well, there's an apocalypse, Ben. Yeah. And these four people come and knock at the cabin and say, you have to kill your family to stop the apocalypse. That's not great. Yeah, and they go, will you, uh, will you do that? Is there, is there any hint, Michael, that they're telling the truth? Yeah. Oh. Oh, so it's a thing. Yeah. And will they not do it? No. That's a bit selfish, isn't it? Well, that's the story. That's, that's the plot. That's a bit selfish. But that's the plot, Ben. Michael, you might have sold this to me. I might go watch Cabin in the Woods. It's No, Cabin in the Woods is a different, better film about a Cabin in the Woods stopping an apocalypse. I know, that's why I said I'd go watch that one. Oh, very good. You Oh, very good. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods better. But yeah, it's it's good. It's not bad. It's not terrible. It's like it's an interesting concept and it's well acted and well presented and it's mildly diverting and then it's over. That's mad. Yeah. Michael, why do they do that? Why do they make it, that film? That's the film, yeah. That's the film. I've never seen a film so succinctly summed up in a trailer before in my entire life. Like, I mean, the only question you might have is, do they do it? 
Do they? Do, yeah. Not, well, well I, come I'm here not to me, Michael. I'm not going to tell you. Tell me all fair. You tell me all fair the minute we're finished. No, this no, podcast. I'm not going to tell you. I'm oh, not going to tell you. Yeah, yeah. You can look it up. This film. You can look it up on Wikipedia if you want, or you could watch it. I don't want to give M Night my money anymore. Well, just pirate it then. I paid four ninety nine to rent Canadian in the Water. I won't do it again. Yeah, that was great, wasn't it? We put like a good eight euro into M Night Shyamalan's coffers <laughs> that week. That's the most money he's made off that movie in about five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's oh. like it's got a lot of M Night Shyamalan's things as well, like uh, personal decisions averting apocalypses. There's even like. There's even touches of maybe some of his other mad films, like maybe The Happening, because The Happening was an apocalypse film. Maybe The Happening yeah. could have been averted if someone in a cabin had killed their wife. Oh, so is that, is that an implication? No, the, the... no, no. There's no implications in this whatsoever, Ben. Oh, okay. Like, there's nothing to read into. It's this is just so straightforward and simple. And it's almost is disarming. It... Is it ever explained how the four how the four people that knock at the cabin know this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah, it's dreams. Sorry, dreams. It's dreams. Michael, you're being far too blasé about this. I feel like you. I feel like you've watched a crock of shit. No, I haven't. <laughs> it's okay. I'm telling you, it's okay. It's just exactly what it says on the tin. Oh, you fuck. Oh, if you get me with this. If I watch this, if you get to watch, if you yeah. get to watch Person Boots, The Last yeah. Witch, and I yeah. have to watch fucking Cavan in the woods. It's a not deal. Not so good. Knock, knock. Cavan, knock, knock. Who's there? It's, it's me, Dave oh, Bautista. You, you fuck. You little fuck. Knock, knock. Right. Who's there? It's me, Dave Bautista, and I've brought Ron Weasley with me. Michael, but- you're maddening me as much as yellow wallpaper does to women. Oh, very good. Let's hit it. So, Michael, it's March. Oh, yeah. Is it? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's March. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. I know time has become fluid for you since you found yourself appreciating M. Night Shyamalan movies, but... <laughs> Everything's just very straightforward. <laughs> Everything's just very straightforward. It's March. Um, Michael, March, and we, we, we found ourselves struggling for an episode this week. Yeah, Let's yeah, yeah. Honest. Yeah, we forgot. And I, I, I seem to remember the phrase uh, March Madness. And it turns Double. out, Michael, that's a sporting phrase. It's got nothing to do with what I thought it had to do with. But uh, yeah, March Madness is a marketing term for a large sequence of sporting events in the United States. But instead, Michael, we're going to do a little breakdown of how Victorian era li- literature really shaped perceptions of insanity and mental health. And ones that still linger with us today, Michael. Benjamin, that's not the origin of the term March Madness. March Madness comes from the mating season of hares. Is that what it is? Yeah. Ma- well, You've heard the term mad as a March hare? Yeah, have you? Yeah, yeah. That's because March is when male hares fight each other for dominance. And ladies, essentially. And that's when they lepper out the place and they get up on their back legs and they walk at each other lots of times really fast. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish this was a visual medium because Ooh, fuck me, wait, that wait, wait, was... <laughs> Incredible! How dare you unleash that comedic genius? <laughs> so you're telling me, Michael, that March Madness is just horny hairs? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Popped up horny hairs. Yeah, yeah, that's all March Madness is. And then obviously the Americans took it and went, "Our sales are mad as a March hare." Wacky wacky whack. And then it just became March Madness. I don't think Americans would be very happy to find out that. 
some of their key sporting and sales events were based on a, a dirty, dirty, dirty bit of horned up herring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The randy I don't think they'd appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, very randy, those Americans. Oh, randy, randy Americans. Well, Michael, I'll tell you who wasn't randy. The Victorians. The Victorians. That's not true, Michael. Nobody was randier than the Victorians, Michael. The bloody horny bastards. But nobody was better at hiding it than the Victorians. <laughs> right? So much so, Michael, that what would happen is, so horny were these Victorians, right? Go on. That occasionally... Their wives might be a bit miffed at them, Michael. They might go, well, darling, do you not think that perhaps you could not stick your cock in every single woman that looked your way? Mm, Look, we've got a painting of an elder god on the wall. Why don't you just fuck that? Why don't you just fuck that? J.K. Simmons has come along. Lord Simmons will voice him from behind that shade. And you can have your way with it. Um, And that wasn't enough to say to them, Michael. But a lot of well-to-do Victorian men were out and about schlinging dick. Mm, Michael, yeah, yeah, yeah. Schlinging dick left, right, and centre, and occasionally, Michael, mm. a wife would say, "Hang on, hold your horses, you hopped up March hare." Yes, steady. Very good. You've tied it back. Yes, steady. We've tied it back, Michael. We've come full circle, and then, Michael, um, that man would take that personally and say, "Well, I'll stick my cock what I want." <laughs> <laughs> And all that of was, the men in the Victorian era were just Matt Berry, were they? It was, it was more Winston Churchill by way of Matt Berry. But yeah, I get you. I get what you mean. And they went, I tell you what, Nine Rowling, you're being a little bit hysterical. Mm. And that was, that, was the real, that was the real kicker, Michael. That was a real fucking earth-shattering phrase to throw around. Because if you're hysterical, you might just have to spend some time in a large Gothic building with very heavy doors and a lot of mattresses. Mm. And that wasn't great. No use. So, Michael, what we quite often had there was um, the the forcible incarceration of women who simply didn't take too well to their husband's dalliances. No use at all. Most famously, Charles Dickens. Who? Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens. A Go Christmas on. Carol, Michael. Yeah. A bloody... The name of the woman he was... Uh... Hard times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This all makes sense now. Bloody great expectations. Yeah. He had great expectations of some hard times with Carol. <laughs> his wife was very upset. So, anyway, he had his wife committed. He had his wife Did committed, he? Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Her fucking tucked away Get for rid hysteria, of her. for hysteria, Michael. And um, you know, this was such a prevalent thing back then in the Victorian era, Michael. Um, and it, it wasn't talked about an awful lot, right? Um, and for good reason. It was a patriarchy, Michael, in the most extreme sense. And I know today we can we can bandy about the concept that you know, ah, oh, well, are we re- are men really doing that much better than women? The answer is probably still yes. But back then, undeniably so. Undeniably so, <laughs> empirically, Michael was a fact. Don't you look at that and stroke your beard? I no, uh, I no, I don't think you're right there. <laughs> I don't you. think. No, no, no. Hold on a second. This is not. This is not. This statements like this can't be taken as a given. <laughs> Men did not have a better time than women in the Victorian era. <laughs> For one thing, they were down the fucking coal mines. 
women weren't down the coal mines, Ben. The women weren't getting the black lung. <laughs> the women weren't getting scurvy on sailing ships. <laughs> they weren't getting crushed by steel girders, Ben. <laughs> I don't think. No, genuinely, I don't think you can you can apply modern politics to the Victorian period. I think that almost every era of human history has been built around a structure of humans trying their best to make life as good as possible for as many people as possible and then some leeches leeching off that and becoming super successful. And we have that, we've always had that, be it through royal families or warlords or tyrants or tech tech billionaires or... There's always going to be leeches who take advantage of any social system. But I don't think the Victorian era was rough for humanity. Yeah, all right. That's... And and the systems that they had in place were not some mad system that they designed specifically to keep women in place and to give men the cushy number. You're it was the best they had with the science and technology and knowledge at the time. You're a fucker. <laughs> To, to to get the most benefit out of it for the most people. So, yeah, You're anyway, go on. Piece of shit. Go on, go on. <laughs> With my logic and my reason, yeah. All horrible things. <laughs> You're a fucker. Uh, so anyway, Michael, <clears throat> yeah. so prevalent was this as a practice, right? Um, that it was all it was all boiled down to the concept of hysteria. Um, and hysteria was really whatever the doctor needed to get you locked away. Yes. Yeah. So it could be a hormonal fluctuation due to your period or something like that. And the doctor would be like, oh, that's a hint of hysteria. Bye bye. And they get rid of you. You could have been mildly annoyed at your husband for staying too late at the club that weekend. That sounds mm. unreasonable. That could be hysteria. Get out Benjamin, of here. Yeah. Was, I mean, this is on the border of becoming a historical research podcast. But was this a phenomenon kind of limited to the upper middle classes. Oh, 100%. Like, you don't hear about, like, the dock worker and his wife who sells the fish. She wasn't getting sent off for hysteria. No, absolutely not. She probably never not. even it seen was, a doctor in her life. It was very much a weaponized term used to enforce, I, I suppose, a, a social structure of men getting what they want at a... At a at a at upper middle class level, upper middle class and very much middle class. I, I don't know if we could fully argue that the middle classes were fully established at that point. Hmm. That that that's that's kind of that kind of really emerges alongside plastic. <laughs> 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 but you know, when we look at this, Michael, it's so prevalent was this notion that a woman could be deemed hysterical at any point. That a very, very famous horror novella was written about it um, by a woman called Charlotte Perkins Gilman. How did she learn to write? Um, She had to do it quietly in the attic alongside the mad woman from Jane Eyre. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that, uh, that woman in the old bride's dress from Great Expectations. What was oh, that name? woman in the old bride's dress Mrs. from Havisham. Great Expectations. Mrs. Havisham. Um, Mrs. Havisham behave. Um, anyway, that was very yeah, Mark Hamill does drag. Um, anyway, Michael. Yes. Getting back it? to Charlotte Perkins Gilman, right? Yes. Charlotte Perkins Gilman is an American auteur at the time. Um, oh, and um, one of the very important things, if you look this woman up, because her name is um, 
Charlotte Perkins Gilman. And she, <laughs> the first thing it says in her Wikipedia is Charlotte Perkins Gilman, also known by her first, also better known by her first married name, Charlotte Perkins Stetson, which isn't true because it doesn't come up unless you type in Charlotte Perkins Gilman. But anyway, irrelevant. She writes a very famous novel called The Yellow Wallpaper. Oh. Have oh, you ever guess. heard of The Yellow Wallpaper? No, are you think are you talking about the king in yellow bit? No, I'm not, Michael. No, I've never heard of the yellow wallpaper. What's going on in it? So, the yellow wallpaper is about a woman oh, yeah. who has been um housebound by a okay. doctor for hysteria. Right. Okay. Um she has been forced to spend time in her room to recuperate from hysteria. Okay. That's it. That's that's the premise that we're dealing with when we deal with this. But over the course of her stay, Michael, there is an insidious yellow wallpaper in her room. Okay, from the film Insidious. From the film Insidious. There's a big mm. lipstick demon from Insidious, yeah. and he's hanging out in the room, and he drives her mad. And nobody talks about how the film Insidious was completely plagiarized <laughs> from <laughs> the classic Victorian novella, the yellow mm. wallpaper. No, that's yeah, not what we're saying here, Michael. But what happens is, over time, the yellow wallpaper begins to corrupt the mind of the main oh. character in the yellow wallpaper. She begins to go mad. Now, what that yellow wallpaper is actually a symbol of is the kind of... the It's not, it's not capitalist chains, because that, that particular critique hadn't fully emerged yet... But it's the notion that a comfortable life will do you more harm than good because you will give up more than you gain as a woman. Oh. Which, funnily enough, touches on your point from a little bit earlier where we talked about, you know, was this happening at a working class level during that time? No. No. So this woman has married a man, and the man, as it turns out, not great. Oh, yeah. Not great, Michael. It's the author Charles Dickens. It's the author Charles Dickens. Um, And what happens is the the yellow wallpaper slowly drives this woman absolutely insane. Okay, because she's just looking at the wallpaper all day. She's just looking at the wallpaper. Exactly, Michael. Now, the way it's written, the way that it's written, Michael, would have you believe that there was a very supernatural element involved. But when you analyze this properly what it actually is is this woman has just been bound to her room and driven mad by wallpaper (laughs) (laughs) it sounds brilliant evil wallpaper evil wallpaper michael it is one of the best written um Mm. one of the best written bottle episodes you'll ever read in your life it's a hysterical woman gone mad victorian nightmare bottle episode 100% and interestingly Michael interestingly predates the king in yellow by three years oh well I mean the only thing they have in common is the word yellow so yeah but big 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 thing um, in the Victorian era primarily down to the fact that yellow was associated with all kinds of racist things and insidious sin and all these kinds of things including the classic penny dreadfuls Michael which were always bound in yellow why were they bound in yellow, though? They were bound in yellow, Michael, because they were cheaper and they let people know the kind of sensationalist, scandalous stuff they'd find within the pages. Mmm. Mmm. Um, they were bound in yellow. Bram Stoker's Dracula, famously first bound in yellow. Famous Irishman Bram Stoker. Famous Irishman Bram Stoker. I, I'm always curious about that, Michael, because when we talk about that, he wasn't really. He was very, he was very British-leaning, that Bram Stoker. We'll take him. 
We'll take him. I will take him. Well, we'll take him. Because Lord well, knows I'm, if it was the other way around, they'd take him. Huh? Well, huh? Benjamin, anyone born in Ireland in the 1800s, was Bram Stoker born in the 1800s or the 1700s? That's a great question. I'll look it up. doesn't matter. Um, but anyone born in, in Ireland in that era was also British. Yes. He was both. Yes. He was Irish and British because Ireland was British. Yeah. Not by choice. Hmm. Absolutely. Not, not, not by option, Ben. But uh, have you read Dracula? I have, yeah. It's um, it's a great little travelogue at the start, isn't it's it? It's lovely. It's lovely. <laughs> He's having, having a, a great, great time. time. Having a great time over here in Romania. Yeah, in, in Romania over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. It's, it's lovely. The idyllic, the idyllic scenery, right up until the the wolves following the the, the wolves knocking about. It's lovely. Romania yeah, sounds well, lovely. Villagers are a bit weird, but you know it's foreign, so I suppose that's normal for people of my era. Yeah, that's no, that's normal. They haven't been civilized by the British yet. I must get in touch with the lads in Africa and see if they're done and fancy a spot closer to home. Benjamin, speaking of like Victorian tropes and and terrors, go on. Is is the American brash American gunslinger character was that from that era or is that something that we've like looking back attributed to it? Because practically every, not all, but like it's a very common trope to bring in a an American brash like Quincy Quincy is his name Quincy Jones? No, that's not right. Uh... What, what's Quincy's name in there? Uh, in Dracula. It's something Quincy. His second name is Quincy. Is it? Is it Howard Quincy? Is it? I don't know. Um, but then... Roger? Like from Roger Quincy. I don't know. Um, I can't remember his name. But Benjamin, then, you know, it's pretty common when you're doing a Victorian era. Quincy Morris. Quincy, Quincy Morris. Ah, oh, damn it. Of the of the Dracula hunting Morrises, um, it's it's become a kind of a, it's it's a bit of a, a stock Victorian character now to bring in a brash American gunslinger who's got these modern ideas about freedom. Bog standard, bog standard. They did, they did it in one of your favorite shows, Penny Dreadful. They had um, Josh Hartnett playing everybody's favorite Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett playing Ethan Chandler. They even did it in Alan Moore's The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Huck Finn. Almost a, they had Huckleberry Finn, Benjamin, yeah. um, almost against Alan Moore's very wishes. Although, <laughs> so what? Who cares about Alan Moore's wishes at this stage? I think Alan Moore's wishes are to have big fish men do terrible things to women, so we should probably leave that out. Yeah, 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 that's in the Neonomicon. It's in the okay. Neonomicon and it's no good. Ladies and gentlemen, it's rare that I'll tell you not to touch anything. Don't ever read the Neonomicon or the original run of The Boys from Dynamite Comics. Yeah, yeah they're two book. of our least favourites. Benjamin, we put up a poll <laughs> yes. about the Victorian era and the, the various horrors contained therein <laughs> yeah. on Instagram today. One of our best ever polls, Benjamin. We asked the, the, the Instagrammer listeners... We asked them, what was the worst way for a Victorian to go? Now, you didn't put on the poll this week, driven to madness by yellow wallpaper I might or, have. I or isolation. If you'd thought of it, you might have. Instead, Benjamin, we put one, mauled to death by a mummy. Yeah. We haven't even talked about mummies. We put two, uh, be bitten by a Dracula. Yeah. We put three, be utterly spooked by a ghost. Yeah. And we put four, tuberculosis. And I tell you what. We've had a runaway winner this week. <laughs> yeah, Michael, and it's exactly what you think. <laughs> it's tuberculosis, yeah. It's tuberculosis, lads. It's proving once again, the scariest thing is reality itself. Exactly, Benjamin. Absolutely. Tuberculosis um, 
is a very common trope. There's no tuberculosis in your yellow wallpaper show, is there? Uh, well, there is actually firmly hinted at in, in it that she has she is suffering from some form of consumption. Oh, the consumption bed famously being the Victorian name for tuberculosis. For tuberculosis. We now know it as tuberculosis, but it mm. was once upon a time consumption. Mm. So because she's a southern consumed. bale taken to the bale with a hint of the consumption. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, consumption won it, Ben, with 82% of the votes. Out of a lot of and votes. We had a lot not, of votes today. Not an insignificant number of votes either. Not like <laughs> one vote for consumption and nothing for the rest. Just no, consumption. No. Utterly ran away with it. <laughs> Tell you what, you wouldn't be doing much scared. of if you did have consumption, Michael. Go on. Running away. Um, no. <laughs> no fucking no. good. Ladies and gentlemen, what yes. is your favourite bloody bizarre insanity from the Victorian area? You can get in touch with us in a few different ways and let yeah, us you know. You can yeah. find us on the interwebs, www.shamrabeog.com, S E O M R A B E A G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. Does indeed. You can find us on Instagram at Sherlockshillisten Podcast. It means Sherlockshillisten in English. Does indeed. You can find us on Twitter at Listenshire for some bizarre reason. <laughs> for some bizarre reason, you can. I would never do anything with it. But look, <laughs> you, there's only so much we can manage. Things are going better now. Things are going better now. You can find us on something that is going slightly better now, which is TikTok. You can find us at Sherlockshillisten Podcast on TikTok. Yeah, you find Ben. I don't know. I don't know. What <laughs> I just upload stuff on TikTok for the lads. Um, and then, ladies and gentlemen, the best way to get in touch with us and to share your hysteria, your madness, your suspicions about that bloody yellow wallpaper in the corner of your room, get up on the Discord. Hop up on it. Hop Benjamin. up on it. Hop up on it. Ladies Pro- and gentlemen. Medically proven to be the best way to avoid getting tuberculosis. Medically proven. Interesting. Just don't go out. Yeah, just don't go out. Yeah, it's going to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm off to go pick some wallpaper in the corner of my room. Bye-bye. I'm off to get some medicine for my slight cough. See you next Tuesday.